Oh, then there we go home and eat fried chicken. That would kind of absolve us. Especially <laughs> <laughs> we had the, the pastor or the preacher over, right? The fried chicken. The gospel bird. The preaching bird. That's right. All right. The next one is, what would it take for you to be faithful to someone? I think love is a different feeling too. It is. There is a different feeling, isn't it? It's a combination of love and respect. Yes. Respect for a lot of reasons. Respect. I'm I'm faithful to someone because I know they love me. I can take information from somebody that's very negative towards me. And that relationship still be intact if I know they love me. You know, for people who don't who you don't know very well and trying to be faithful, but sometimes the testimony of other people about the integrity of that person's life will allow you to be right. motivated to be faithful. Just let me give you an example of how our words and our critical words make a difference. Y'all know I, I cut my finger up pretty bad the other day. My knuckle met rebar and uh, rebar one. Yeah. And I was in this medi clinic in Arab, Alabama. And uh, not Arab, Arab. Arab. And my sister lives in Hulaco, which is just down the road from Arab. And somebody was calling me when I was going there the other day, and they said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Hulaco. And they went, Hulaco? I said, yeah, that's near Arab. And they went, I can look up Arab. I said, it's near Huntsville. And they went, oh, I know where that is. So um, the nurse practitioner was sewing up my hand. And, of course, I was in there for a couple hours. And, and the doctor went to Arab Church of Christ. And the nurse, the nurse practitioner, used to go to the church. And she said, the reason I don't go is that one of the elders walked up to me and said, I'm going to hell. Told her she was going to hell? Yeah. I don't know what the situation was. Uh, I I was a little taken. Matter of fact, Y'all may find it's hard to believe, but uh, I get angry when people, when I'm, people do stuff. I, I'm for the underdog. And when I feel like you start treating people unfairly, yeah. I mean, I come out of my my skin. And uh, and so... That, that, Somebody that should be a leader. That's right. It's, it's truly like an abuse of power. It is. Absolutely. And... And... <clears throat> they may be going to hell on the path that they're on, but that's a rare statement someone makes. And so, uh, when you think about what would it take for you to be faithful to someone, um, it, it's a relationship. I can obey someone and not have a clue. They don't mean anything to me. Matter of fact, most of the people I obey, that's, that's who fits in that category. But the people I'm faithful to, 
are the people that I know, that I trust, that I love, that I know love me. And the title of this lesson is Walking in Obedience, but because we are in our current culture, especially with the leadership crisis, I think the title of this relationship ought to be Walking in Faithfulness. God doesn't care about what you do. He cares about you being faithful. <coughs> faithful is a very different word than in our culture than obedience. Now, I don't want to throw obey out of the Bible. You know, but my point is we have to understand what words mean in our culture because not only for, is it important for us, but when you start using those biblical terms out among other people, and they don't have the same message that, that's biblical, then there's a miscommunication. Uh, Jeannie and I planted a church several years ago. Uh, hardest work we've ever done. Uh, but, um, y'all got to help me. <laughs> I want some new medication, so I kind of come in and out of consciousness. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm going somewhere, and all of a sudden, poof. <laughs> I was telling Jeannie, I said, I'm walking through the house, and got, I'm going to do something, and somebody... And the joke around our house is somebody hollers squirrel and then you go off this direction and you come back and you realize, wait a minute, I was supposed to be doing this. And so anyway, that's kind of you trust the doctor. Yeah, I trust the doctor. No, I'm obeying him. I don't know about trust. Um, my point in all this is when Jeannie and I planted a church, we named it Christ Point Community. My dad, who loved the Lord, who's one of the best pastors I've ever known. Uh, is one of the most conservative people you'll ever meet. He got upset over the name. Not the fact that we were using instruments. And this was several years ago. 2008? 2005? Um, and Jeannie preached every third Sunday. He didn't even get there. He couldn't get past the name. And I said, Dad, when people hear Church of Christ, it's not the same word that you're reading in Scripture. They have a totally different connotation of it than you. And that's why we don't name it that. And uh, it led to the conversation of whether I was going to hell or not. So, And he thought I was. That's an encouraging thing, isn't it? Dad, do you think I'm going to hell? Silence. Tell you what, there's no denying the impact our parents. I mean, my father was an obedience man. The faithfulness really didn't matter a whole lot. I mean, he didn't care why. He just wanted obedience. And that's, you know, there's two ways. You can either model that in your own family or you can say, no way is that happening. You know, as I say, you can go either way, but it, it has a lot of impact on us. Here's what obedience meant in my family. 
we've already figured out all the answers. You just need to do it. <laughs> I'm always scared of people who have all the answers. Well, and yeah. the thing is, that's an inherited faith, and nobody can sustain life on an inherited faith. They've got to struggle with it themselves. But they, they didn't. That, that, once again, I, f I feel like my parents were doing the best they knew how to do. So I don't I want you to think right. I'm, I'm beating my parents up. Right. I just think they lived in the culture, which is the point I'm going to get to here in a minute. That makes a difference. And so um, self-awareness and cultural awareness is very, very important. Being self-aware and culturally aware is critical in walking in obedience or walking in faithfulness. The problem with our movement over the years is that we've lived in a cocoon. And we haven't lived in the real life. And we didn't talk about our real lives when we came to church. We went into this, un this fake world that everybody thought was, had to be perfect. And so it wasn't reality. So we, we, you can't interpret Scriptures accurately when you don't face reality as clearly as you possibly can. That's why I'm talking about walking in obedience is, is, is important, but if you're not self-aware and culturally aware, you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. And why you're doing what you're doing and why you're doing it has a greater impact over you than Scripture itself. You will obey what... <coughs> Jeannie and I will call a life commandment. You experience something in life and you go, that's not going to happen to me again. I don't care what Scripture says. Unless you can be freed from I'm, that vow, Scriptures will never win and you'll always feel guilty in your walk with God. Are you with me? It's not simply about walking in obedience. It's so much more than that. What questions would we ask ourselves if we're more personally aware? Why do I believe what I believe? You know what the, you know what the nurse pra practitioner asked me? She said, why does the Church of Christ believe things the way they do? Most people don't know in the churches of Christ why we believe the way we believe and why we don't have instruments and why we take the Lord's Supper every Sunday because the hermeneutic we've been that we weren't specifically taught but we were modeled for us said that you had to follow the pattern of the New Testament. Period. That was as good as law. Most people do not know why. And what our choices in theology don't make sense to people. I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> what are my values and what are my goals? And why do I have those values? Why do I have those goals? I'm not saying they're good or bad. I'm just saying, why? Because sometimes your values and goals in life get in the way of you being faithful to God. That doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. 
grace is much broader than any of us can imagine. So I don't want you to hear me saying that you're in trouble. I just want you to hear me say that when you see something and it and you've been a Christian for a while and all of a sudden you realize, I can't believe I've been doing that. Don't feel guilty. Because when God made it aware to you, what He was doing was not trying to put you on a guilt trip. He was trying to offer you freedom. Are you with me? That's right. I don't, I don't tell my children things because I want to rebuke them. I tell them because I love them and I want what's best for them. And the reason I'm willing to say the hard things is because I want it's best. And if I want that, it's just a plain old father. What about our heavenly father? 